We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 6th, 2009. And today we'll just be continuing our series on the end time current events, mixing in a little bit of uh, the health alerts in with that. The table of contents for today's uh, teaching is going to be, we're first going to be talking about the, this Manhattan Declaration. Uh, millions being led toward New Age spirituality through it. The next article is the U.S. Representative ISA. He says Obama's refusal to investigate climate gate emails is unconscionable. Next teaching or next uh, topic is mounting debilities and deaths from the H1N1 vaccine. And then the medical mafia marches to the New World Order. Next article is exposing the new moon, twilight, vampires, creatures of the night, and other romanticized demonic entities, the seduction of our youth. Next topic is safe schools. The chief that Obama appointed recommends child pornography for class reading. Yeah, you heard me right. We'll talk about that. We're going to just be touching on the thing that uh, was just on True TV this week from Jesse Ventura regarding dealing with the harp cover-up. And the last one is some statistics. Muslim dangers around the world by percentages of the population. We're going to be looking at what happens when the uh, populations of Muslims increase to certain levels in, um, in, in any given society. And there's a lot we can base that off. So this first topic we're talking about is this Manhattan Declaration. And um, this was something that was just has just come about recently regarding really what we're, what we're looking at here is a one more step toward the one world religious system that will be part of the uh, Antichrist uh, religion that we're going into. We're going to have a, a combination of essentially all major world religions and this is just one more step toward that. This is from the Lighthouse Trail. They've got some excellent research particularly regarding the emerging church, the contemplative, uh, how the contemplative movement is infiltrating modern-day Christianity, and just essentially how the New Age is, is, is um, tending to seek and influence the uh, modern-day church. So the Manhattan Declaration, this is just one statement from it, says, We are seeking to build a movement. Hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of Catholic Evangelical and Eastern Orthodox Christians will stand together. So this is what their goal is. Now, biblically, we should be diametrically opposed to this, and I'm going to prove that in, in about a minute here. I'm going to give you some scripture for that. But on November 20th, a document called the Manhattan Declaration was released at an event in the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. The Declaration has received wide media coverage, as of this writing, about a quarter million people have signed the document, with a current average of about 10 people a minute adding their names, which is about 14,400 people per day. So these are, these are all the people that are openly getting on board with this document. One of the four drafters of the declaration is Chuck Colson, who also co-authored a document in the 1990s called Evangelicals and Catholics Together, um, which is also abbreviated ECT. The ECT is similar in nature in that it identifies both Catholicism and Evangelicalism 
that's how they put it, as part of the Christian church and asks members of both groups to unite in areas that they have in common. This, with this new document, the emphasis is on morality, gay versus traditional marriage, abortion, stem cell research, assisted suicide, etc. So, again, what they're trying to do is, is arrive at common ground. That's not biblical. Okay, uh, You can go to an abortion clinic and most of the time, I've seen from my experience, you're going to see Catholics there more than you're going to see even Christians, typically. I mean, true born-again Christians. Most of the time, from my experience at abortion clinics, you'll typically see Catholics. Um, not to say I've never seen born-again Christians either, but uh, although I have common ground with them regarding that issue, I'm not going to yoke myself up with them. I will not. They, these people are not saved. They're not born again. They're not Bible-believing Christians. They believe in a, in a false gospel of works. Keeping the seven sacraments and all the other various and sundry hoops you have to jump through in order to get to heaven, and they don't even have any assurance of that. Uh, they believe that you have to go through Mary in order to get to Jesus. That's what's taught in um, the Baltimore Catechism and these types of things. All, all sorts of... I've done so many teachings on Catholicism. If, if you want to know more about that, go up to my uh, search box on my homepage on Sermon Audio. Um, SermonAudio.com forward slash DR Scott Johnson. Dr. Scott Johnson. And just key in part of the word Catholicism and you'll see all the teachings we've done on this. It's not my opinion. I'm just comparing it with the scripture... I'm looking at their fruit. Um, this is not a group you want to yoke yourself up with as a Christian. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, To be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? If you yoke yourself up with a Catholic, or some Eastern Orthodox, or any other branch or offshoot of the pseudo-Christian movement, you're, you're unequally yoking yourself with an unbeliever. They do not believe in the pure, unadulterated gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They, are, they believe in another gospel, as the Bible talks about. And the New Testament says, those that preach or teach another gospel, let him be accursed. Now, I'm not saying that means we should go around putting curses on people. But it says, let them be accursed. So it's a very serious charge. Not something we want to do. You know, for the sake of seeking common ground. This is totally unbiblical. Next verse says, What concord, meaning what agreement, hath Christ with Belial, or the devil? Or what part hath he that believeth, as a true Bible-believing Christian, with an infidel? An infidel would be somebody that's, like, that's departed from the faith. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? And then it goes on to say, For ye are the temple of the living God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside you when you're saved, when you're born again. Ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. See, God tells us to be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Well, what if you don't come out from among them and be separate? Well, then you are touching something unclean, and it's, it sounds as though God's not going to receive you. you. You mean, a big reason why you wouldn't get your prayers answered, I would say that for sure. 
I'm not saying it makes you unsaved. I'm saying that it's going to be a huge hindrance on your Christian walk uh, if you're doing this. Okay. Well, my heart was in the right place. Yes, but your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So, this isn't just something you trust your heart on. You, you compare it with the Bible and with the Scripture, and that's what you're, you need to obey. The next verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 18 says, and, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. So, this is totally unbiblical what's going on. We're seeing it more and more and more. Not only are they yoking up with Catholics, Eastern Orthodox, and every other branch of pseudo-Christianity, but now we're also going to see they're absolutely 100% yoking up with the New Age movement as well. Which is even, you know, I'm not going to say it's more of an abomination, but it's more of an overt step toward witchcraft. Which, as you've, I've done a whole teaching on, many teachings on witchcraft. Witchcraft is going to be the essence of of the coming one world religion that we're moving into. Uh, it, it is going to be the absolute essence. Sorceries, the Bible says the Antichrist will cause craft to prosper in his hand. Um, this witchcraft is going to be the essence of what we're moving into now. And this is, again, this is why we're being so bombarded with so much sorcery and witchcraft on TV. You've got all these shows about witches. You've got all these shows about psychics finding bodies. It's glorifying Satan is all it's doing. And some may say, well, how do those psychics, when they do get it right, how do they know? Because most of the time they don't. Okay? What they don't fail to tell you is that a lot of times if they have a story, they'll have 2,000 psychics calling and maybe one or two get it right. The Bible says the test of a true prophet is Deuteronomy 18. And if that prophet is sent from God, not only what they'll say will point you to God, but it will also be correct every time. Okay, If they're not, if what they're telling you is not coming to pass, then they're not of God. So that's the test of a prophet, Deuteronomy 18. And then two or three chapters before that, it also tells you about that Whatever they say, doesn't. Uh, it should lead you toward God. If it leads you away from God, that also makes them a false prophet. If it comes to pass, but they're leading you away from God, that's also a false prophet too. So um, we see a lot of that in today's day and age. Going back to this article, it says, According to Christianity Today article on the Manhattan Declaration, both prominent evangelical leaders and Catholic leaders are the main signatories. The Declaration has received national attention because it in addition to many American evangelical leaders, its main signatories include nine Catholic archbishops, the president of the Catholic League, the primate of the Anglican Church of Nigeria, uh, and the primate of the Orthodox Church in America. So these are the people that they're yoking up with here. Given the fact that a large number of the main 149 signatories have directly or indirectly promoted advocates of the New Age, New Spirituality, otherwise known as the Contemplative Emerging Church Movement. Now, I've had a lot of people do, ask requests for me to do teachings on this, and I've touched on it many times, just like I will today. But this is what's infiltrating the church now at a very high speed, a very high level. 
New Age infiltrating the church. So 149 of the main signatories have either directly or indirectly promoted New Age contemplative emerging church Christianity. Pseudo-Christianity, I should say. With this, it's not difficult to see that the Manhattan Declaration may provide an appealing and subtle avenue into the new spirituality for a vast number of signers, many of whom might not have otherwise had exposure to it given the conservative tendencies of most of the signers. Some may ask, how could this introduction to new spirituality take place just by signing a declaration, even if some of the main signatories are promoting it? The answer, in part, has already surfaced. On the Manhattan Declaration website, it now clearly states, and I'm going to read it read you something from it. it. says, thousands of you have sent emails asking what's next. Good question. The goal, now this is from the Manhattan Declaration website, it says, the goal of those of us who have drafted and signed the document is not just to get a lot of names on a manifesto, gratifying though it is, we are seeking to build a movement. Hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of Catholic, Evangelical, and Eastern Orthodox Christians who will stand together alongside other men and women of goodwill in defense of foundational principles of justice and common good. It doesn't say anything about the Bible, just the foundation of justice and common good. Well, uh, devil Betraya says no less. Betraya? He says the same thing. I mean, this is very similar to what he says that we need to have justice for all men and sharing and caring and compassion and infinite love and all this other stuff. Obviously, if all religions are going to essentially come under the banner of a one-world religion, what you're typically going to see is the branches and offshoots of any various religion you're looking at come together first. In other words, like Christianity will tend to start to all these different fractions and divisions will start coming together and then when they get under and all on the same page then they can come under, they'll more easily come under the uh, banner of the true coming one world religion. So this is something we should actually be looking for to happen and it, and it is happening, it's confirming the Bible. This is part of the falling away of the, of the church that's absolutely in total full swing. This is part of the strong delusion that the Bible talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It's all all biblical confirmation. We are looking for people who will work in every possible arena to advance the sanctity of life, rebuild and revitalize the marriage culture, and protect religious liberty. So what's next for you? That's what the website says. In answer to their question, what's next, a worldwide resource directory is offered on this website, this Manhattan Declaration website, to the signers as a place to find, quote, excellent resources in support of these foundational truths we just mentioned. Okay, like the sanctity of life and revitalizing the marriage and protecting religious liberty. This resource directory they recommend um, has a large listing of books, DVDs, and other material compiled especially for the signers of this declaration. But a close look at the resource directory should cause believers to be quite concerned. For instance, there is a specific section titled Spiritual Formation, which carries a recommendation to contemplative mystic advocates such as Dallas Willard, J.P. Moreland, and Kenneth Boa. The propensities 
of all three of these contemplative teachers are documented at Lighthouse Trails Research Project. That's the website. You can research them, Lighthouse Trails Research Project. They've got a search box you can go up to on the site, and anything having to do with the subject that we're talking about today, you can key in the keyword, and it'll show you the articles where that keyword appears. It's very good. One of the books that the Manhattan Declaration Directory recommends is J.P. Moreland and Klaus Eisler's book, The Lost Virtue of Happiness, Discovering the Disciplines of the Good Life. This book is discussed in Roger Oakland's hard-hitting book, Faith Undone, an expose on the emerging church and the purpose-driven movement. Oakland states in this book that Moreland and Eisler believe they have rediscovered important spiritual principles that have been lost. Two of the spiritual disciplines the authors have recovered are, quote, solitude and silence. The book says that these are two disciplines are absolutely fundamental to the Christian life. The isolation and solitude Moreland and Eisler promote have definite Eastern mysticism overtones. In other words, like, you know, you get in some room and um, get in a lotus position and contemplate your navel for an hour and... Uh, you know, do some mantra over and over and over again, what you're doing is you're opening yourself up to demonic infestation. Okay, the Bible says to be sober, to be vigilant, for your adversary the devil roameth about as a roaring, uh, goeth about as a roaring lion seeking whom he, whom he may devour. Well, again, when you empty and open your mind, particularly if you're unsaved, you're just asking devils essentially to come into you. Um, now, the Bible says in Hebrews 13.9 to be not carried about with divers, meaning many, and strange doctrines. This is what we're talking about today here. okay? And it's, it's infiltrating more and more and more into the church. As the church gets further and further away from the Bible, they don't even go by the King James Bible, so they've got some perversion of the Bible that they're reading. And what's ended up happening, and if you have any doubts on that, just do KJV the words KJV in the search box on my homepage, and um, I've done many teachings on this subject. It's just part of the whole apostasy that we're in. This, the Bible issue is one main part of it. It's not the only part, but it's one of the main parts. And um, the word of God has been leavened. And Jesus referred to leaven as the, um, in the Bible. It was a type of sin, but he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which was their doctrine. The problem is, is now... The actual Bible has been leavened. And uh, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, meaning it permeates into the whole thing. That's permeated into the church, and it's no wonder that we've got this kind of stuff going on. I mean, the Bible predicted it, and it's, it's, um, this is actually scriptural confirmation what we're talking about today. The authors attempt to add credibility to this rediscovered spiritual discipline by quoting the late Catholic priest and mystic Henry Nouwen. Who said, quote, a man or a woman who has developed the solitude of heart is no longer pulled apart by the most divergent stimuli of the surrounding world, but is able to perceive and understand the world from a quiet inner center. I mean, if that's not New Age, I don't know what is. Continuing to develop the idea of the lost art of finding the quiet inner center, Moreland and Eisler also state, quote, in our experience, the Catholic retreat centers are usually ideal for solitude retreats. We also recommend that you bring photos of your loved ones and a picture of Jesus. 
or gaze at a statue of Jesus, or let some pleasant thought, feeling, or memory run through your mind over and over again. Oh, that's real scriptural. The Bible talks, number one, in Matthew 6-7 about vain repetitions. Pray not in vain repetitions. Well, this stuff that they're talking about here is just absolute total indoctrination and introduction into the New Age movement. It has, you know, it has a lot to do, I believe, with the whole thing about transcendental meditation and things of this nature. Now, when they say these Catholic retreat centers are ideal for solitude retreats, um, I had experience. I went on that walk to Emmaus. I had somebody sponsor me on that. And um, that's, it reminded me of that when I read that Catholic retreat centers. Because I remember when I went on that, it was the first time I had ever been in anything in the Christian movement where there was Catholics there as well. And we were all together under the same roof for like, I don't know, it was like two or three days or something. And a very, very strange thing to kind of go through. And it is very, uh, I can see absolutely how something like the road to Emmaus would lead you into um, into this. If you ever see people driving around and they have those bumper stickers and they say De Colores, D-E Colores, I think it's in Spanish, they make you sing that song over and over and over and over. I still have it in my head. I still remember this stinking song. Oh, my word. I mean, they you sing it so many times, you literally memorize it. You'll never forget it. <laughs> it's so, it's a pretty grating song, too. Um, I remember one point, at one point, we were sitting there, and we were under this pavilion, and all of a sudden, this robe figure starts walking from, from uh, it was on the Peace River. He's, he's walk, we have this, uh, not the Peace River, but we have, um, it was the Clusatchee. This was a retreat they had, and, there's this river in the background, and all of a sudden this robe figure in white starts walking up to the pavilion as we're doing some thing, and it's Jesus. I mean, some guy that looks, he looked remarkably like all the Jesus pictures. Now, remember, I've done several teachings on this, that the Jesus that we see, that we, every one of those pictures we get from the Catholic Church. Every one of them, okay? Um, I talked about this the other week that um, this long-haired, real handsome version of Jesus, I don't even believe is number one biblical. Number two, we don't know what he looks like because those renditions came from the Catholic Church way after Jesus died. The Jesus that we're seeing now is identical to the Jesus that we're going to see, the false one that we're going to see in the future, the same one that is going to show up with Maitreya. Now, I'm not saying Maitreya is the Antichrist, but I'm saying that this is what Maitreya has said on his website. It's what Benjamin Krim has promoted. This is the main man, or the main entity that the United Nations are promoting. They say he's going to be the Christ to the, to the Christians, the Messiah to the Jews, Imam Mahdi to the Muslims, the fifth Buddha to the Buddhist, and Krishna to the Hindus. He is going to come with this master Jesus, this ascended master Jesus. And guess what? He looks exactly like all those pictures, those long-haired pictures we see of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Do not, Does not nature therefore itself teacheth us that it is, a, it is a shame for a man to have long hair? That's what the Bible says in the New Testament. So, um, 
anyway, you want to be real careful of that. And then it says we also recommend you bring photos of your loved ones. A picture of Jesus or gaze at a statue of Jesus. The Bible says that the Godhead is not like that made of gold or silver or graven art, precious stones, these types of things. The Godhead is not like that. Okay, This isn't something that we should be doing, worshiping, meditating on. You met, you, if you're going to meditate on anything, meditate on the Word of God. That's about the only thing that's really proper to meditate on. And I don't mean emptying your mind and sitting there in a lotus position. I'm talking about actually studying it, occupying your mind with it. Okay, uh, The Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word, how it actually literally, the Word sanctifies you and cleanses you. Okay, So, this is something to, uh, to bear in mind about the, the day and times that we're moving into. And then they go on to say, but, but that isn't all they recommend. For example, Moreland and Eisler provide tips for developing a prayer life. Here are some of the recommendations they make. They say, quote, we recommend that you begin by saying the Jesus prayer about 300 times per day. <laughs> it's on page 90 of their book. 300 times per day, the Jesus prayer. I don't know what the Jesus prayer is. I don't think it's the Lord's prayer. They just say the Jesus prayer. 300 times a day. And again, we, we go to Matthew 6, 7 that warns about praying with vain repetitions. Thinking that by your much words, God's going to hear you. This is what the pagans do. Okay, This is what Catholics do when they pray the rosary. Over and over. They're absolutely 100% going against Scripture. But... It doesn't matter because their priest or their pope told them to do it. And whatever they say overrides the word of God. Not only that, they have a false Bible version called the American Standard Version, which has been polluted anyway. So if we go further, it says, When you first awaken, say the Jesus Prayer 20 to 30 times. As you do, something will begin to happen to you. God will begin to slowly occupy the center of your attention. It's on page 92 of the book. Another book that the Manhattan Declaration Resource Directory recommends is Moreland's Kingdom, Kingdom Triangle. In this book, and the triangle is many times portrayed in the occult circles as, as a very important symbol. In this book, Moreland makes the case for the contemplative spirituality, encouraging readers to practice the exercises of St. Ignatius Loyola, the founder of the Catholic Order of the Jesuits, I mean, the most wicked faction of the Catholic Church that you could get into are the Jesuits, okay? I mean, if you read the book, uh, I believe, Vatican Assassins, and the, uh, I know there's been a lot of uh, books written about the Jesuits, and that is the most, most likely the most wicked faction of the Catholic Church, and the guy that, that founded it was St. Ignatius Loyola. And they're recommending that you practice his, his exercises. Uh, unbelievable. It is essential to understand that by the Manhattan Declaration pointing signers to contemplative proponents like Eisler, Moreland, Willard, they are giving their signers the spirituality of Henry Nouwen, who at the end of his life, having adhered to mysticism for many years, said, quote, Today I personally believe that while Jesus came to open the door to God's house, all human beings can walk through that door, whether they know about Jesus or not. So in other words, this is another gospel. He's saying, well, 
Whether you know about Jesus or not, everybody's can go through God's door. In other words, go to heaven. Today I see, I see it as my call to help every person claim his or her own way to God. His or her own way. The Bible says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So what his life is devoted to doing, Henry Nouwen, and all of these other contemplative mystic people that believe that they've got another way, another gospel, their whole life is devoted to seeing how many people they can take to hell with them through their leavened doctrine. That's what it boils down to, isn't it? How many people can I, can I take to hell? I'm serving Satan. I'm not saying they are overtly even aware of this, most of them. Some of them are, okay? Some of them, but many of them are not. But this is what they're ultimately doing, isn't it? I mean, when a thousand years from now, isn't that all that's going to really matter? I mean, who's in heaven or who's in hell? I understand there's rewards, but uh, it's pretty sobering when you look at it from that standpoint. You see, Nowen emulated the fruit of Catholic contemplative mysticism, which is interspirituality, thus negating the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, now, for a documented expose of the spirituality of Henry Nowen, and the spiritual formation movement, see A Time of Departing. This is a book exposed in A Time of Departing by Ray Youngen. Y-U-N-G-E-N. Now, I will have this whole, um, this whole newsletter that I'm reading from. As, as I do every week, I will have it in, in a PDF format connected with this teaching up on sermonaudio.com. Okay? Uh, so you'll be able to access it up there. And the, the PDF is right below. If you go to the respective page where the teaching, where you play it, you'll see a little PDF white box below the, the thing, and you can click on that And uh, if you want to research things more. So, ironically, Nowen probably wouldn't have signed the Declaration. In his book, The Name of Jesus, a book that is highly valued by many of today's Christian leaders, including Rick Warren, he emphasized the need for Christian leadership to move from the moral to the mystical. Now this is this devil, Henry Nouwen, that's putting forth all of this garbage about all human beings can walk through the door, whether they know Jesus or not. His whole life's mission was to help every person claim his or her own way to God. Which a lot of people have their own little respective way to God. A lot of people aren't in any kind of formal religion. And they say, well, I just don't believe God would do that. I think, I think, and it's all about I. And they would risk their soul on this, essentially, is what it boils down to, in order to trust in their own little man-made religion they've concocted in their own head. This is the same guy whose life mission was that. His books are very important to leaders, Christian leaders, and including Rick Warren. And he has totally emphasized the need for Christian leadership. Now, if the leaders are corrupt, if the head is corrupt, the whole body will be corrupt. So he wants the Christian leadership to move from the moral, meaning the moral, meaning the Bible, to the mystical. In other words, the emphasis on the Christian life should be more on the mystical or the contemplative rather than on traditional taboos of Christianity that the Bible teaches such as those that the Declaration, the Manhattan Declaration, defends. The resource directory for the Manhattan Declaration signers has far more than just Willard, Moreland, and Eisler. 
They are also recommending Brian McLaren, an emergent leader, who has publicly denounced the atonement doctrine of the Bible, calling it false advertising for God. That's a quote. McLaren is also a major proponent of Eastern-style mysticism, or the mantric, meaning the mantra. You just recite some, some little vowel or phrase over and over again. This can clearly be seen in his book, Finding Our Way Again. In this book, McLaren twists scripture by suggesting that the Old Testament priest, Melchizedek, was a different religion, was of a different religion than Abraham. And Abraham used mystical practices to connect to Melchizedek. Mystical practices. Thus, McLaren draws this conclusion, quote, We discover practices for our own faith in an encounter with someone or another faith. This is what occultists believe. Occultist Aldous Huxley said that mysticism is the highest common factor that links the world's religious traditions together. Mysticism? Well, it, it actually is going to be the highest common factor. Mysticism, which is absolutely 100% tied in with witchcraft, is becoming, I should say, in, in, at a breakneck speed, the highest common factor that does link the world's religious traditions together. And I, I have to agree with him at this point. I mean, this is what we're seeing happening. And then he says, and leads man to recognize the divinity within all things. The divinity within all things, like pantheism, like saying that that canoe over there is a god, and that rock's a god, and that picture's a god, and that piece of drywall's a god. I mean, give me a break. That, that's what they, you know, pantheism teaches. Uh, evidently, he wrote a book, As Above, So Below. It's on page two that I just quoted from. As, Bo As Above, So Below is also a very um, heavy-duty, common occultic term that you'll see with a lot of high-level occultists. They'll use that term, As Above, So Below. You'll see him in pictures. The, the classic picture you see of Baphomet or the goat of Mendez, you'll see him, this androgynous, goat-headed being. Um, you'll see him in the picture where he has his two I think his right hand's pointing up and his left hand's pointing down. Whenever you see that in a picture, that's as above, so below. It's a very big time occult term that they use. So, just a little thing there. Uh, even though Brian McLaren rejects some of the basic tenets of biblical Christianity and clings to mystical beliefs of other religions, the Manhattan Declaration recommends him. Other troublesome names that the Manhattan Declaration is calling an excellent resource and like-minded worldview organizations and leaders working together for cultural transformation. These are some quotes. Some other ones are Buddhist sympathizer Peter Kreft, emerging church figure Donald Miller, the contemplative promoting teen mania, and Ken Boa. He invented the boa constrictor. Just kidding. Teasing, teasing. Anyway, uh, the book Declaration recommended by Boa Confirm, uh, his book is called Conform to His Image, meaning I'm assuming Christ's image, because he has that capitalized H. This is a primer in contemplative spirituality. In his book, Boa favorably references practices like Lecto Divina, whatever that is. Lectio Divina? Sounds like a real exotic dessert or something. Uh, and then figures like Richard Foster. Thomas Merton is another person they promote. Thomas Keating. Uh, Keating is one of the two primary pioneers of the current contemplative prayer movement. Boa also references mystic Jean 
Jean-Pierre de Cassade's book, Abandonment to Divine Providence, referring, quote, to the, pre- the sacrament of the present moment, a concept often used to encourage people to enter into silence. It's like a sacrament, like in the Catholic Church. And here's an interesting note. Boa tells readers, quote, the spiritual exercises of, again, founder of the Jesuits, Ignatius of Loyola, incorporate these and other meditative techniques. Ignatius of Loyola was the founder of the Jesuits, um, order of a Catholic Church, of the Catholic Church, whose purpose was mainly to bring rebelling Protestants back to the Mother Church. The barbarity and cruelness of the Jesuits was absolutely unspeakable. Hey, hey, you, you bring it back any way you can. It, it reminds me of the, the, the things that the, the, the Muslims or Islam teaches, that, you know, either they convert or, or the infidels need to be destroyed. And that's essentially what happened during the Inquisition, where absolutely millions upon millions upon millions of Christians were killed. Not only Christians, but a lot of other people, too. Just because the Catholics, you know, said, you know, because they wouldn't convert to Catholicism. Another Jesuit priest, one who has indirect connections to the evangelical church today, and one who is in line with the Aquarian conspiracy, which is the whole New Age Christ consciousness, is the late Pierre Tellard de Chardin. In Chardin's book, Christianity and Evolution, he makes these comments. He says, quote, the cross still stands, but this on one condition, and only one, that it expand itself to the dimensions of the new age and cease to present itself to us as a primary or even exclusivity, the sign of the victory over sin. So in other words, the cross of Jesus Christ has to expand itself to the dimensions of the new age. This is what we're we're being taught here by this devil. And then he goes on to say, I believe that the Messiah whom we await, whom we all without any doubt await, is the universal Christ. That is to say, the Christ of evolution. Wow. Now again, this universal Christ, the United Nations talks a lot about it, H.P. Blavatsky, the starter of the Theosophical, talks a lot about it, Alice Bailey talks a lot about him, Benjamin Krem talks a lot about him, a lot of these New Age, contemplative, mystic, uh, this, this infiltration into modern-day pseudo-Christianity, they talk a lot about this coming Christ. Um, and I saw an interesting video from um, Benjamin Krem last night. He just put up a new one up on uh, his website on Share International. And uh, I'll go ahead and play that for you here. It's only about six minutes long, but it it kind of sums things up here and what we're talking about regarding this subject. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and play this clip from... The, this is the newest video from uh, Share International, which is the mouthpiece for Maitreya and Benjamin Krem. And uh, we'll go from here. What follows is a celestial phenomenon that is attracting attention worldwide. It concerns ongoing sightings of luminous star-like phenomena, too large and bright to be confused with a known celestial body, while exhibiting changes in size, location, color, and magnitude, as well as duration. These attributes rule out the possibility of near-Earth objects, asteroids, comets, and supernovas as potential sources. 
Beginning in January 2009, sightings have been reported from Norway, Costa Rica, the United States, Ukraine, Japan, scores of countries to date. Now, what we're seeing on the video are all these pictures, and they're citing the, the times and places that they're being seen of these, as Krem refers to them, as these star-like luminaries. Now, remember, he went up on George Norrie recently and talked about this, and, and George Norrie was so overwhelmed, I believe with evil, from this man, that he had to stop the interview. He's interviewed over 5,000-plus people, and there's never been an interview he's ever had to stop. But he had to stop when Benjamin Krem came on this last time. And he had all these callers calling in saying the same thing. I got this headache. I can't listen to this. I, I feel, you know. And they're showing these pictures on this video. And I do believe they're valid pictures. There's a lot of people. You can go up on YouTube and do a keyword search for the star sign and maybe Maitreya. And you'll see all of these pictures that people are independently sending in where they're seeing this star over... But again, it's, it's being totally not reported in the media whatsoever. But the fact remains is that this is, this is occurring. Now, we're going to find out the source of this in a second, but I just wanted to preface it with that. There are many newspaper and TV reports... UFO sightings may be the stuff of films and TV shows, but they keep turning up. Okay, and the one, the clip that we're seeing here, it was a, a newscast, and it said I saw a very big light in the sky, um, and an unidentified flying object got some college students' attention. And I mean, this thing, they showed pictures of it, and I mean, it is strobing, it is not a star. It, it is something that is um, very large in the sky. And again, it's just, you, you might see it on, like, local news, but you're not going to see it on national or world news. That's the, they're suppressing this information up to this point. And YouTube reflects hundreds of videos capturing the event. Sightings to date don't correlate with sky maps, so are known to science. Celestial phenomena such as these are unprecedented, and yet, with consistent reporting over these many months, an explanation remains elusive. Another element of the story makes it equally compelling. Many witnesses report that they deeply question the meaning and purpose of what they have seen and are amazed by the sheer beauty of the spectacle. Yet, there is one man who believes he knows the true meaning of this star and, in fact, predicted its appearance in December of 2008. Benjamin Krem, British author, editor, and artist. Beyond the science and even the spectacle, his perspective on this phenomenon makes the most compelling aspect of all. For great star-like luminaries of gigantic power. They're not stars, but they look like stars. You can also see an interesting sequence of photographs of the star from all over the world. And it changes shape. It becomes to look more like a spacecraft than a star, and then back to a star, and so on. It depends how deeply you zoom into it and you will find people who don't even know what they're looking at. 
Say, what is this? I've never seen anything like it. It's gigantic. It's changing color. Look, look, look. It's extraordinary. There's that fire coming out of it. Look at it. It's moving. It's moving. It's disappearing. And these stars are the herald of Maitreya. According to British author Benjamin Krem, Maitreya, a teacher of extraordinary stature, is here in the world to inspire us to make the fundamental changes that will usher in an unprecedented golden age of brotherhood and justice. Now, isn't that what we just talked about? We're going to have this golden age of brotherhood. Isn't that the chief goal of the Manhattan Project, as we had kind of cited before? Putting aside our doctrinal differences and in, in joining on what unites us all. This brotherhood of sharing, caring, justice, the whole thing. So again, that's why I said it's very similar to what Maitreya talks about. But it comes for all, all religions and no religions. Maitreya is not concerned whether you're Christian or Buddhist or Hindu or whatever. Christians await him as the Christ. Most okay, now remember what he just said. Christians await him as the Christ. And again, this is what we just talked about on this Manhattan Declaration. Many of the people they're, they're advocating are, have very much, not only are they indoctrinating people into the New Age, but they're also pointing people to this coming universal Christ. Now, whether that's Maitreya or someone else, the fact remains is this is who the New Agers are expecting. Muslims await him as the Imam Mahdi. Hindus await him, await him as Krishna returned once again or Kalki Avatar, there are two names for him. And Buddhists await him as Maitreya Buddha. He is emerging now, and to herald his emergence, he has had implanted in our skies four great spacecraft gigantic spacecraft and they come from various planets of our solar system sent from Mars or Venus or Jupiter and another planet four of them north south east and west stars in the heaven as the now again what do we see on Hollywood and particularly recently we have the V uh, which ABC just premiered, that it's over. And again, great gigantic spaceships in the skies is what we're, but that's obviously a lot closer. But again, it's as though, you know, both Hollywood and the New Age movement is preparing us to accept this. All of these UFO sightings that are increasing, Maitreya takes credit for all of that. Okay, just so you know, he takes credit for all the Catholic miracles, all the miracles that are taking place. Anything supernaturally related, he goes ahead and takes credit for. So it seems as though we're being preconditioned for this um, on many different levels. Three wise men who came to, to, to the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem came from the east. They followed, as it says in the Bible, a star. Well, that star was a spaceship. It was not a star. Stars don't move in our... So, again, now we've got the devil's mouthpiece himself giving us a Bible lesson on how the Bible's incorrect and that um, it was a big spaceship that was the North Star in the Bible. Atmosphere. 
It was a spaceship which went on before the, the, the masters, the three masters who came to welcome Jesus through whom the Christ would work into the world. Now, when he says through whom the Christ would work, what they teach, and I've said this before, I know, but when Jesus, went, when he was baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit came down, they believed the Holy, that wasn't the Holy Spirit, but that was literally the spirit, the consciousness of Maitreya, the one that's coming, actually came down and possessed Jesus, inhabited his body, and this is why he was able to do all the extreme amazing miracles he was in the last three and a half years of his ministry leading up to his death. They, they can't give any credit to even their false Jesus, okay, because they believe it was not the Jesus of the Bible, but this master Jesus, this Sananda Emmanuel, as they refer to him as, um, they give all the credit to Maitreya. They, they teach that this, uh, you know, the Jesus there in reference to ushered in the age of Pisces, and when Maitreya comes, he's going to usher in the age of Aquarius. Wherever we are, we have the possibility of seeing the star. And he wishes that people would talk about them openly. Not that they believe it, but that they know what they see something that's happening and want to know more. And some who will see what's happening and don't want to know more, but who dismiss the whole thing. But he wants a debate about it. He wants people to debate the meaning and the purpose of this extraordinary thing. This time, Maitreya has come himself. For the first time in human history, the world teacher has come himself, here in dense physical body in the world. This has never happened before. This is a unique situation, momentous. Okay, so that, uh that gives us a little synopsis there. I, I just thought that that was appropriate to kind of talk about that regarding the study that we're doing because it does relate to this, um, again, this quote from uh, that we just read, uh, the book Christianity and Evolution by Deschardins. It says, I believe the Messiah whom we await, whom we will all without any doubt await, is the universal Christ. What does universal mean? It means all-encompassing. Well, isn't that what Maitreya claims to be? He's, he's like the total package. He's like the Lex Luger of pro wrestling, the total package. Okay, He's everything to everyone. The Christ of the evolution is what he refers to him as. What I, and then he goes on to say, what I am proposing to do is to narrow the gap between pantheism and Christianity. Narrow the gap. Well, I mean, he's a devil, so I can understand why that would be his goal. And then he says, by bringing out what one might call the Christian soul of pantheism, of the pantheistic aspect of Christianity. There is no pantheistic aspect of Christianity. You know, with pantheism, you know, everything is God, and God is in all, and all this other stuff, and nature worship, and the whole nine yards. Uh, it's just one more occult false religious system. And what they're trying to do, what the devil's trying to do, what Satan is trying to do, 
is get any semblance of Christianity that exists on the planet today yoked up with these other totally overt occultic, essentially witchcraft New Age movements to, to, to leaven it even further than it's already been leavened. Going further, it says in Warren B. Smith's book, A Wonderful Deception, Smith reveals that Rick Warren's colleague, Leonard Sweet, calls Chardin, who we just quoted, 20th century, 20th century Christianity's major voice. Now, that's unbelievable because we just read these quotes from him. He's trying to narrow the gap between pantheism and Christianity, bringing out the pantheistic aspect of Christianity. He's waiting for this universal Christ, the, the Messiah whom we all await. He's trying to say the cross still stands, but one, with one exception, that it expand itself to the dimensions of the new age and to cease to present itself as the primary or even exclusive sign of victory over sin. This is what he stands for. And in Warren Smith's book, A Wonder Deception, Smith reveals that Rick Warren's colleague, Leonard Sweet, calls Chardin the 20th century Christianity's major voice. I mean, that's, pretty, that's a pretty bad indictment, I would say. But Chardin does not represent biblical Christianity. On the contrary, he falls into a spiritual camp that embraces the cosmic Christ, which is the I am God in every creature. Again, with pantheism. Even though the Christ consciousness in all people uh, belief rejects the true gospel of Jesus Christ, Sweet has openly aligned himself with Chardin. In Sweet's book, Aqua Church, he favorably quotes Chardin saying, Christ is in the church in the same way as the sun is before our eyes. We see the same sun as our father saw, and yet we understand it in a much more magnificent way. Page 39 of that book. While it is true that Leonard Sweet is not a signer of the Manhattan Declaration, this is the direction the evangelical Christianity is heading. Please understand that this vintage Christianity, uh, which is contemplative or emerging Christianity, is moving relentlessly toward the Catholic mystical tradition. So for Christian leaders who are already nearly void of understanding the dangers of contemplative emerging mo movement, to stand together in solidarity with leaders of the Catholic Church is only going to further remove the barriers in the people's minds that these two approach that these two approaches to God are radically different and even actually oppose one another. Finally, we'll want to point out one more resource the Manhattan Re Declaration is recommending, which is Renovare, spelled R-E-N-O-V-A-R-E, -E, which is the organization founded by contemplative pioneer Richard Foster. An entire book could be written on Foster alone, exposing him. But in this article, we are going to draw your attention to just one aspect. Those who understand the dynamics of the New Age spirituality, contemplative movement, can research Renovere website to gain further uh, insight. One of the people whom Foster has, extensive, has used extensively for both his spiritual, his spiritual formation study Bible and his Life with God Bible, he's got his own Bibles evidently, is Walter Brueggemann. Brueggemann helped to edit these Renovere Bibles, yet Brueggemann, who, actually is, who could actually be considered as a pioneer of the emerging church movement, resonates 
with the atonement denier Alan Jones and actually endorsed the back cover of Jones' books, Reimaging Christianity. In that book, Jones says that the doctrine of the cross is a vile doctrine and that, quote, the church's fixation on the death of Jesus as a universal saving act must end. See, that's the biggest threat to Satan. Okay, what Jesus Christ did on the cross, defeating him, essentially, his finished work on the cross, his shedding of his precious blood to pay our sin debt so that we can actually be saved and enter into heaven. That, ha- that whole thing has to be polluted, it has to be corrupted, and as they say, they're saying this death of Jesus as the universal saving act must end. Why are they so fixated on that? Why aren't they focused on the Hindus or the Buddhists or the Zoroastrians or some of these other... Why, why are they so obsessed? Why is it consistently over and over? Why did just Benjamin Krem? Why do they always come back to Jesus and try to discredit him? Because they know that's, that's, the true, that's their true enemy. That's the, that's the only real threat to them. Everything else is truly aligned with them at some, at some level. Okay? Whether the Mormons or the Jehovah Witnesses or any other cult out there believes it or sees it or not, it doesn't really matter. Satan's got them. Okay, so they're going to constantly come back and attack, attack the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of God. They're going to just, it's going to be relentless and, and this is just absolute proof of that. So let me just read this last statement. The church's fixation on the death of Jesus as a universal saving act must end and place and the place of the cross must be re-imaged in Christian faith. Why? Because the cult of suffering and vin- because of the cult of suffering and the vindictive God behind it. End of quote. It is this spirituality that the Manhattan Declaration is handing over to potentially millions of conservative Christians. And this is the spirituality which we are compelled to warn against. I, I would use that term, millions of conservative Christians, loosely. Um, I would venture to say these millions are most likely not even saved. Okay? Because you know, if they don't have enough discernment to even know this or check into it that much, I just would, would be... I'm not saying they're all going to hell. I'm just saying it would, I'd be surprised if the majority of them were saved. Going further, it says, What is puzzling is that if these evangelical leaders want to raise up morality in America, why have so many of them openly endorsed the emerging contemplative spirituality in one aspect or another, which overall ignores or downplays a stand against homosexual marriage, abortion, and other moral issues that the Manhattan Declaration speaks of? Are they repenting? No mention of that. Many of them still are promoting the contemplative emerging spirituality that will continue to remove traditional morality from our society. Uh, let's see. It seems rather distorted when these leaders are being seen as taking a stand for morality when all along they're promoting a spirituality that ultimately undermines it. You could give an example after example of the new spiritualities move away from morality, and we could give you an example, could give you example after example of Christian leaders' promotion of new age spirituality in its cohorts. Are these signers of the Manhattan Declaration truly concerned about the present moral condition of the United States? In other words, their actions are speaking louder than their words, or their, you know. Lighthouse Trails is certainly not standing 
is not against standing up for morality, on the contrary, but one must look at the spiritual undertones that have found their way into Christianity today, including the endeavor addressed in this article. We must keep in mind that the Roman Catholic theologian Karl Rayner said that the Christian of the future will be a mystic or he will be nothing at all. His vision is becoming more and more reality. James 1, 5-6 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. So if you feel like, wow, this is all overwhelming, maybe you're just getting exposed to this, ask God for wisdom. But I will say this, the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It also says it's the beginning of understanding and knowledge. And the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. So fear of God is really prerequisite for uh, gaining this wisdom. And then it goes, says, But let him ask of, in faith, nothing wavering. Why? Because without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you need to get a King James Bible, read the King James Bible, and, and the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this is how you build your faith. You get into the word of God and your faith will be built. Also, as you exercise faith, it's like a muscle. It will get built up. Um, this is another way that you build faith. So, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven and wind with the wind and tossed. And again, this is why it says to be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines. There are so much divers and strange doctrines out there. I get people emailing me all the time, all their little pet things that they think God has exclusively shown them on planet Earth and no one else is privy to this. And then they, what happens? They start thinking that they're better. They're better than everyone. I encounter this a lot. I don't say a lot about it, but I, I encounter a lot of people that are so full of pride. And, so think, and what they're saying... You know, the vast majority of time, at some level or another, contradicts the Word of God. But that doesn't matter because they're hearing it from God. They think they're hearing it from God. Therefore, they're better. Pride goeth before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. We're supposed to be humble, not proud and uplifted and boasted. But we're not supposed to be, you know, like the sea driven with the wind and tossed, like it says here. A double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. We're not supposed to be around with all this divers and strange doctrines that are so incredibly prevalent today. Prevalent today more than ever. Ever, ever, ever on the face in the history of the planet. We've got this. So, again, I say, don't trust me. Trust the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Man can fail you. The Bible um, talks about, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. We're not supposed to be going around trusting in men. Oh, he's my, you know, he's this and he's that to me, or whatever. You know, you need to get in the Word of God and study it for yourself. Be like the Bereans. The Bible talks about they were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they sought these things out in the Word of God to see if they were so. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. So these are things that um, are remedies for much of what we just talked about. It's a remedy, okay, a biblical remedy. I'm trying to give you biblical remedies, not just like, well, here's my opinion. Everybody's got an opinion, you know. 
the, the opinions typically stem from the heart. The Bible says, he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs 28, 26. So, something we've got to be real careful of. Um, I want to just give you a brief update um, on a, uh, something that happened to me this week. Uh, this is a warning, actually. It's a warning regarding a man named Christopher Story. Christopher Story, and um, he has a article, a news periodical that comes out called World Reports uh, Limited. And he, for a long time, I had been kicking around ordering this program that he had on, on the internet uh, for about probably at least a year and a half. I didn't make some snap decision about this. And he advertised it as a um, uh, this whiz-bang program. I'll just read you how he advertises this. And generally something like this, I just don't sit down and order something like this spur of the moment. Um, but I've had so much problems in the last two to three months with my emails, with people not getting them, with, uh, I mean, I'm sending out all these emails. I say people are telling me they haven't got them for like one or two months. I've called my internet um, email provider. They say, they've checked it two times. They say nothing's wrong. I mean, I've tried to do everything I can possibly do to figure this out. And I thought, well, maybe I've got some type of hidden thing. I, I, it appears as though I'm being censored regarding the emails that I'm sending out. And uh, it's no wonder, I mean, with the stuff that I get into. But I was thinking, well, I really thought I needed to order this program, particularly because he says that he's under great attack from different intelligence communities worldwide. And here's how he advertises this. It's called the Internet Security Solution. It's a foreign-developed suite that destroys all U.S. intelligence ploys. It says, such programs are operations of a corrupt U.S. intelligence, and they do not practice, they do not in practice prevent corruption and deliberate degradation of your software and hardware by many malicious emails developed by criminal U.S. intelligence itself. So in other words, he's saying that there's these these groups out there that actually um, can send out malicious emails that can, you know, put probably things like Trojans and viruses and things of this nature or, or whatever type of uh, things onto your computer that can mess your computer up. He goes on to say, therefore, using this usual U.S. proprietary program, your computer and software, um, your computer and software are not protected and can never be protected from U.S. intelligence criminal attacks. So, in other words, using the usual programs you would get, like Norton or McAfee or whatever. Okay, these are these are programs that like antivirus stuff. The editor, I love it how he talks about himself in third person constantly. I, it's it's a nice touch, you know. I, I always thought that's kind of neat. Um, the editor is so satisfied with the foreign program that he has now installed it on all of our computers, and we are suggesting that our clients and friends would also do themselves a huge favor by installing the same software. We are therefore offering to source this proprietary software. With a um, with our strong and reliable recommendation, as an add-on through the, this website. At the same time, we are charging a premium price. Now I'm reading this right off his website. We are charging a premium price for this new service. Now, does that sound like a donation to you? Does that sound like you're donating to a ministry or something? Uh, I I never got that. But anyway. 
He says, we are charging a premium price for this new service on the following basis. Number one, if you buy this product from us, you should never again encounter the same problems of computer problems that you may have encountered hitherto. Although we can provide no guarantee, we assure you that the program we recommend is infinitely superior. How could it be infinitely? Think about that. We, when, we, when we talk, we need to make accurate statements. You have to, I mean, I catch myself, my, my own self, saying statements that are actually lies. You know what I mean? Like, you say something like all. Use all in a phrase. You do that all the time. That means they do it 24, and that's not an accurate statement. Well, he says it's infinitely, which is a false statement. He's got that in all capital letters. This program we recommend is infinitely superior to anything that is produced in dubious faith by the surrogate U.S. intelligent dark forces and marketed under the usual familiar proprietary labels. So if you'd like to do both of us a favor, order this remarkable proprietary internet security solution by pressing the subscribe button and providing us with your Visa or MasterCard details. $300 American money or 150 pounds you know, because he's in England. Now, I kicked this around for, uh, I'd say, a year and a half to two years before I ordered this. And I have researched on the Internet, tried to find if there was other things out there. I just couldn't really find anything. I never saw anything derogatory about this up on the Internet. I did keyword searches. I waited a long time. I didn't make a snap decision. But I finally went ahead and ordered it because I've had so much problems with this particular issue. And when I got it, I'll just read you what I, what I sent him. This was after I got it. I wrote Christopher's story. I said, I just received this order, but was quite shocked when I opened the package to find the same program I've been running on my computer for over three years. I can buy the exact same program for $16.95. And I, I have a link that um, I'm looking at here below from Amazon. And of course, I don't recommend you go up on Amazon because they promote all kind of terrible books and stuff that you can buy up there. But the fact remains, you can buy this program, which is um, Kaspersky Antivirus 2010, three user license. You can buy the exact same program up on the internet for $16.95. I paid $300 for this thing through Christopher Story. Um, I paid you $300 for a program I already have. I would like to send this back and receive a refund for the re reasons I just stated. I really wish I knew this before ordering, as I would have never done so. Scott Johnson. Okay, I could have been nasty, but I wasn't nasty. I just was honest. And then I, you know, here, I'm, I don't have this up on the internet. I can email this to you if you like. Um, so Christopher Story emails me back. And, I, you know, I just knew he was going to say this. I just knew it. I just wanted to hear him say it so I could confirm what kind of person he is. He says, when you order the program, you provided, when you order the program, you provided, as is specifically explained on the website, a donation. A donation? I don't hear, I don't see anywhere on there where the word donation is mentioned. I read you that it said, we are charging a premium price for this new service. Now, another thing about Christopher's story, he says he's, he's a Christian. He quotes Bible in his reports. And, you know, 
he's also so, uh, unfortunately, so deluded as to think the Queen of England is above all of this. And she's some wonderful person that has nothing to do with this whole Illuminati, one world, new world order, satanic plan to usher in a new world order. Okay, and this is, again, why I've gotten away from him. I think there's some truth you can glean from his reports, but for the most part, I pretty much stay away from him. Okay, but I did believe that he probably was under a lot of attack. And he said this whiz-bang program was going to be the thing, the thing that's protected him. Um, he said, when you order the program, you provide it as is specifically explained on the website. And it's not specifically explained. A donation to help us finance these reports, lie number one. The program on my recommendation. Yeah, okay, fine. So what am I paying? Uh, the, I, I could have got the program for 17 bucks, and I paid you the extra... Um, you know, $283 for your opinion. That's essentially what he's saying. And then he says, you did not pay $300 for a program. You paid us a donation and bought the program as well. Thank you for putting words in my mouth, you devil. I'm just sick of this. I'm, I'm, I've come, I, I've just come to expect this. Not from my listeners, Okay, but I have come to expect this from modern day pseudo Christianity. That's what I've come to expect. They're the worst ones, too. They're worse than the world most of the time. When you're dealing with some pseudo Christian ministry, most of the time they're worse. I love it when they do the devil's bidding or work and they, and they try, try to use their own twisted logic to justify things. I just read you the thing off his site, and he's over here putting words in my mouth. Just, you, you gotta love it. He says, all of this is quite clear from the text. You're right, it is quite clear from the text. It says, we're offering to offering, we are therefore offering to source this proprietary software. We are charging a premium price. Uh, order this remarkable, and there's no mention of a donation. So, anyway, I wanted to kind of go over, I, I wrote him back. And, uh, you know, you can buy all these things up on his website. He sells, if you subscribe to his things, I mean, this guy's super, super high-end, okay, when it comes to financial advice. He sells his International Currency Review four issues. The subscription price for the year is $600 to get four issues. I'm reading this right off his website. Economic Intelligence Review, six issues, $475. Why does he have to have all these different issues? Why can't he put it all in one? Well, he does. His in global intelligence package, you can get all the issues for a year for $2,500. I'm reading it right off his site. Okay, and I know you're gonna, people are going to be coming, you're stupid for ordering. You should have never tried. Okay, fine. I'm stupid. Okay? So please, if you're going to say that, don't even bother. I admit it. Okay? It wasn't like I made a snap decision here, and it wasn't like I wasn't trying to do something to help this ministry and to help me get out these emails and for them to not be zapped as I'm sending them out. I, I, I'm at my wit's end with this. Okay, I'm being bombarded with emails and inquiries, and a lot of people I don't even think are getting my replies. So, going further, I said, Christopher, um, after he gave me this response, I said, unbelievable, this is what I thought you would say, which confirms the type of person you really are. You call yourself a Christian, and, a, and the Bible is very clear not to defraud one another. We're supposed to do good to those 
Um, we're supposed to do good to all men, but it says, especially they that be of the household of faith. Um, and the Bible also says, you know, as you would have men do unto you, do ye also unto them, which is the golden rule. Okay? How would you like to be treated in the way you were treating me? He wouldn't. I guarantee he wouldn't. But he's so pious and pompous and proud in, in you know, I just, I just knew he was going to respond this way. I, at least I got confirmation. I told him, I said, you sicken me and are a typical example of a garden variety pseudo-Christian. You offer a standard program that I can buy anywhere and I already had on my computer and you charge a huge greed-driven fee for a program I could buy anywhere. Why doesn't he just offer that for free? Why doesn't he just say, yeah, just go buy this program? No, 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 no. He can't do that. He can't give anything away. Although I understand he puts his world reports up there. Okay? But as far as, I, I just read you the litany of things he sells on his website. Then he, I, I told him, I said, you can word it any way you want, but I was buying a program from you, not donating to you. And it's, obviously there's no mention of donation. He says, I will be featuring you in my next study, exposing you for the devil that you are. Why? Because the Bible tells me to do so. Romans 16, 17 and 18 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them, which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. I already told you how this was contrary to the doctrine of the Bible. Not only that, I feel it's my duty to warn you, because if somebody else is up there contemplating buying this program, I think you should know not to do it. I'm going to warn you. If I get burned on something, I'm going to warn even Even if I look like an idiot, I'm still going to warn you. It's my duty to. Hopefully somebody else won't fall into this guy's trap. Uh... Mark them which cause division and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which we have learned, and avoid them, for they that are such serve not our own, our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. What does that mean? That's, that's greed-driven, their own belly, their own carnal desires. He's greed-driven, obviously. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Did you read, remember that article I just, that little paragraph I just read you? That reminded me of good words and fair speeches. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4, 5, 14 and 15, it says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Here's a, here's a portion of scripture where Paul specifically was calling out a person by name. He said, he did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou where also, for he hath greatly, greatly withstood our words. Anyway, I just wanted to go over that with you. I thought it was pertinent and something that needed to be done so somebody else doesn't fall into this. Let's go ahead and end part one here. We'll go to part two next.